new podcast focused on exploring the business journeys, trials and wins of underrepresented entrepreneurs, as well as a topical business show. If you're listening to this, thanks so much for downloading our new podcast. Abu, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good, thank you. I'm feeling really good. I've had a, a great start to the week, I can't lie. It's Monday, it's raining, it's cold, but mm. I'm in company of, of loved ones, so I'm happy. How about mm. you? How, how's your how's your start to the week been so far? Yeah, bit of a sad day yesterday. Yes. With the, with the untimely demise of Kobe Bryant, but, you know, we move on. Yeah, we do, yeah. we do, really sad. Mm. Maybe family mm. rest, in, rest in peace. Mm. Moving on to a bit more exciting news, I'm really excited about today's episode because we have an amazing guest in the studio with us who is working on an incredibly fantastic campaign, which I feel everyone in Britain should know about. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, very much so. I'm personally, firstly, very excited to be here and I'm privileged to be the first person on your hustle show. Uh, my name is Moses, Moses Zikusoka, and I'm the founder of a campaign called Greater Brit. And I'll tell you about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to know, to know more? Oh, I, I am. Yeah, of course. Speechless. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, can you, can you tell us just a bit more about you? Who, who, who is, is Moses? And then we can move on to how did Brits come about? Yes. Um, myself, I'm a 30-year professional marketing communications expert. Um, I have worked in communications and marketing both in, in here in the United Kingdom, in Europe, and across in Africa as well. Um, I'm currently working in retail, so I've got that retail background as well as marketing and communications. Uh, on a personal side, um, I consider myself cosmopolitan, but my ethnic background is I'm an African Brit, so to speak. And I'm quite unusual because I think I've got a lot of creativity, drive, energy, and determination. So I think I've got a good mix which is mm. prudent for this campaign. Yeah. You say you're an African Brit. What part of Africa are you from? I'm just curious. I come from East Africa, a country called Uganda. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I'm from East Africa hey. as well. So. <laughs> I'm the only West African here, but don't worry, we'll get some more on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then, Brit, tell us about the campaign. How did it come about? Yes, the campaign's called uh, Greater Brit. And it came about from an idea that I've been looking about what's going on in the United Kingdom over the last uh, several years. And of course, with the Brexit referendum, um, we've resulted in a country that's quite divided on a political uh, side. And then moving from there, it's um, led to a lot of anxiety in terms of the economy and how people feel about being British. And I sat back and I thought, why is there so much anxiety? Because if you look at what's going on in Britain, there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of energy, a lot of drive, determination, inventiveness about being British. And I thought, you know what? Yes, we're leaving Europe. But you know what? It's a great opportunity for Britain to reinvent itself and British people to reinvent itself. So the campaign Greater Britain is about re- reinvention of Britain. And the vision is quite simple. It's about creating uh, one Britain, many Brits. And the whole idea is this. Uh, we are one nation, Britain, mm. though we're different uh, constituents of it, but we're different Brits. And Brits is about ethnicity or lifestyle or background. So when you come together... Well, we're a combination of the sum of all the parts, which mm. makes us greater. Mm. So we're not the individuals, but together we become a greater nation. And when we leave Europe, we're going to be on our own. And it's a great opportunity for Britain to become great again, to use the mantra of uh, mm. a certain United States president. 
And I just love the phrase, one Britain, many Brits. Yes, I mean, that's basically, in essence, what we're saying is that, um, yes, as I said earlier, we're bringing people together. And the vision is quite, um, quite that's the vision. And the mission is quite straightforward. We just mm. really want to celebrate Britain's um, unity post-Brexit, mm-hmm. the diversity of Britain, and the inclusiveness. There's a lot of great people from different walks of life from all over Britain doing great things out there. But it's a question of no one knows who they are and no one knows where to find them. So the campaign is about helping to identify these people, call them out from wherever they are and embrace them. And let's celebrate and let's see if we can inspire other people to think positively and behave positively of the fact that now that we've left Europe. Hmm. Why do you think nobody kind of knows who they are or doesn't know where to find them? Well, I think um, it's really about what, what being a Brit means to you. And actually, that's the next part of the mission. The next part of the mission is trying to identify what type of Brit you are. Mm. Because historically, when you say I'm Brit, a Brit or British, it had connotations in the 60s, 70s, 80s of, of lack of a better phrase, English, white English Brits. Yes. Mm. And it had, a, it had a very negative political connotation. And um, if you're an ethnic person, you didn't want to be considered Brit. So we had two types of people. You have the, the ethnic Brits, mm-hmm. who are the new Brits, who've come especially after the influx of Eastern Europe in 2000, 2005, 2010, and people who've been coming and assimilating the United Kingdom. By the way, do you know a third of the United, all the primary school children in England are mixed race? Yes. It's a big so there's a, there's, a, there's, a whole new, there's a whole new um, third genre in the UK called the mixed race or mixed, mixed Brits. Mm-hmm. So people have not come out before mm. because they didn't want to either associate with the old connotations of being British mm-hmm. and they weren't too sure if they came out as the new Brits mm. whether they had the credibility or whether they'd be believed or even worse or even better, um, what would be the benefit of coming out as a Brit? I think that rings true for my, my own sort of identity, what I sort of classify myself as. It's only when I'm out of the country people ask me, you know, where are you from? I will say, not even Britain, I'll say London, because I think London is so different from the rest of Britain. London always has its own identity. And then when I'm in the UK and somebody asks me, where, where, where are you from? I know what that person asking is, they're asking my ethnic background. So most often will say, I'm, I'm Ghanaian. So mm. I still haven't really been able to um, reconcile being... African and British or being Ghanaian and, and, and British. I feel like I'm still, I don't really know how to sort of um, talk about, articulate my identity. It's quite fragmented, but I think it depends on who I'm with and where I am in terms of location. Mm. I think even for my own identity, um, despite being born here, I don't feel British. Mm. So I don't identify myself as British. I identify myself as African, as East African, And the only time I do identify myself as British is when I have to tick a box that that states that. Um, And I think there's probably multiple reasons why I I don't feel British. I just... um, But I think it's quite hard to articulate, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody else has that sentiment. I think you're right, and that's the whole point of this campaign. We're trying to get people to find a, a new rallying focal point. I mean, for example, in, in America, people are very happy to call themselves Polish-American or Jewish-American or any other American mm. with um, um, hyphenation. Mm. So we need, we're trying to get this campaign to get us to that stage in the UK whereby people can say, especially those who 
who are born in this country, mm. who've lived most of, the, most of their time in, in this country, they say, okay, you're not identify as, I've got the ethnic background, but I'm still British. So I'm, mm. I'm British, maybe when I get out of my family setting, home, mm. but when I come home, I can still retain my ethnic um, identity and I can still hyphenate them and put them together mm. at any one point um, in my life. So that's the challenge we're having is that it's not as embedded saying I'm, 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 I'm a, a hyphenated Brit like other, other nationalities. And at the same time, we need to embrace it because if we don't, um, we're losing out on, on, on the diversity and inclusiveness and, and the opportunity to bring Britain together mm. under one banner. I think, I think in my own experience, I've always had people say to me, oh, where are you from? And I might say, oh, I'm from Lewisham, I'm from London. No, 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 no. Where are you from? Mm. And so despite being born here, there's always this association of mm. I must be from somewhere else. Mm. And I guess going back to an earlier point, that's maybe where I've picked up that feeling that mm. I'm not British because mm-hmm. every time somebody asks me that, oh, so you, you speak quite well, mm. but where are you from? Mm. And it's actually that being yeah. asked that question so many times yeah. has kind of made me feel, well, I'm not from here. Mm. <laughs> I happen to live here, um, but I'm not from here. And also, I think going back to um, my personal experiences in my own family, um, as my my parents were refugees, so they mm. never planned to come here. Mm. So whereas some people migrate to make a, to make a life here, mm. my parents never wanted to be here. Mm. So I think that kind of lives on with in me and mm. my siblings that mm. one day I'll go back home. Mm. So if one day I'll go back home, I'm not British. Mm. Interesting. How does the yeah. campaign aim to sort of deal with the complexities of, of identity and, and, and belonging? You know, I think the campaign has many facets to it. Mm-hmm. And the discussion we're having at the moment is the, what I call the ethno-Brit or ethnic part, yes. which is just one part of the campaign. Uh, which is complex, as you said, because everyone's got a different experience and a different way of expressing themselves. But the other part of expressing yourself is we're looking at other aspects of being British, and which are generic and, and cr- cut across the board. So, for example, one of them could be lifestyle. Yes. So we're working, looking at ca- the campaign could things like, um, I'm a fun Brit, crazy Brit, happy Brit, holiday Brit. <laughs> Party Brit. Party Brit. Drunk Brit. Drunk Brit. <laughs> sexy Brit. Yeah, so, and, that's, and that cuts across, so that's not going to the delicate subject of, of ethnicity mm-hmm. and pigeonholing people, because anyone could be party. It depends on your mood mm-hmm. uh, and your mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that's one way we're reconciling that as well. But we also recognize that, as I said, uh, this whole thing about Brit, we're trying to get embed the fact that there's a whole new third wave coming through in the UK called the mixed race, mm-hmm. mixed race Brit. How do you, how do you identify them? Because they come from two, maybe two or three different cultures, but they're, they're they consider themselves British first because they're born here. I mean, I, I look at some children who I, I associate because I'm a governor at a school, and the children see themselves British first, mm-hmm. and then they see themselves with their ethnic background right. later. So I think a few years later, they've got a different experience to yourself. Of course. Mm. Of course. I think that, that will be an interesting shift and to see even when I have children or yeah. they have children, yeah. whether they will feel the same way mm. as, as me or whether... Mm. Um, something such as your campaign can have the impact of making my future children feel like, hey, I'm a fun Brit. (laughs) (laughs) A party Brit. Not a party Brit. (laughs) Well, crazy Brit. Crazy crazy, crazy Brit. So then it's almost like it'd be interesting to see in 20, 30 years or the definition of what it means to be British is not associated or rooted in your ethnicity, but it's more so in 
characteristics. Yeah, personality, yeah. personality. lifestyle, etc. And mm-hmm. that's the, that's kind of where we want we want to shift because even as we speak at the moment, when you say Brit, it's still highly politicized. Very mm-hmm. much okay? so. So Brit, as I said, is, is a certain is a certain ethnic group, ethnic yeah. race. But we're trying to depoliticize it and try and find a way of embracing people from as many different walks of life as possible to come to this campaign. And so we've got different facets of the campaign to try and help um, recruit. Which is, which is really important because it's within the nature of the um, inclusivity mm. that, that's happening right now. So mm. you're very on trend with um, being inclusive. Yes, absolutely. In, in a completely different way to yeah. what I've heard it before. So it's very interesting. What's it been like getting the campaign off the ground? Because mm. I can imagine, obviously... You've got those sort of overriding sort of themes we're trying to trying to touch on, but also it's about monetizing it and creating that cultural awareness. How's that been like getting this campaign off the ground and into people's faces mm, and creating the brand? Exactly. Yes. Um, well, that's the thing. Firstly, by the discussion we've had today, we've seen some of the challenges I've had to try and think about the positioning. Firstly, the first level of the campaign, I've got to create the brand. Mm-hmm the brand Brit, and what I had to do is go and trademark it. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was able to um, trademark with the, with the um, Intellectual Property Office, and well done. that's a brand that we currently have, so that I can put onto different um, a different um, mediums. So that's the first step? That's the first step. The second step is we've got Brit, but what are you going to do with it? So um, I decided I'm going to have multiple legs. So there's going to be the Ethnobrit campaign and the personality and the lifestyle yes. campaign. All going in conjunction, but to actually root it into the local marketing or the local local um, local acceptance is to have small groups of like-minded people. Say, for example, I've identified my local gym, that they hold some gym diehards, and I've decided to call what they call the Fit Brits. Like that. And do a campaign around like them. Um, someone else gave me an idea that, you know what, a walk around my local area in Woolwich and identify the homeless people mm. and have a T-shirt for them, to give them some an element of, of, of identity, mm-hmm. homeless Brit, and try and find a way of bringing them um, I, so that they're recognised as well. Mm-hmm. There are other, other groups that we're talking to. So I'm looking for different groups. There's a lady who belongs to a cycle group, and she's we've designed something called a cycle Brit for her. Mm. So what we've done is we've, we're using a vehicle a t-shirt as our communication medium. Amazing. So it's a t-shirt, um, very innovative design. Um, I didn't bring any t-shirt to see here today. I was looking forward to a free t-shirt. <laughs> I, you, I you, shall, you, you shall still get it. But the, t- the t-shirt is basically the vehicle, mm. uh, which helps people to identify people. It's very easy for people to, to, um, to put it on. And we take pictures, which we upload onto, onto the various social media channels that we have. And, that talk creates talkability because the whole idea is if I'm wearing it and my friends see it, that they would like it. And they, if you're same part of the same community, you kind of link each other up and it kind of um, goes through word of mouth and through a viral campaign, it basically spreads. Mm-hmm. And I think the word that you just used is a very good description. It's community. It's yeah. creating small pockets of people yes. that have things in common and have their own kind of communities, but then bringing them to a mainstream where yes. it's one community yes. so we can all be Brits yeah. but we can be the fun Brit yes. the party Brit the intellectual uh-huh. Brit but we are all Brits so I really yeah I really like that and it's quite a fine line because it's almost like you are relying on those communities to create the narrative themselves yes mm. so instead of 
it being top down and saying this yeah. is what it means to be Brit. Yeah. You're allowing those communities to define it themselves. And so it's it. quite natural and own mm. it. Yeah. Amazing. So Moses, I know that you've got a background in marketing and you've worked for some quite illustrious uh, companies in the, in, in the past and, and present, of course, as well. How, how do you feel marketing has changed in the last 10 to 15 years? And I ask this because obviously you, you need to rely on marketing tools and techniques to get the brand out there and the campaign and the messages. Um, from when you were in your marketing career to now, what, what have the changes been and mm. how, how has that impacted the way in which you're trying to market? Yes. Uh, marketing has changed um, dramatically. When I started out in marketing many years ago, it was very much about the traditional um, uh, marketing tools. And it was largely driven by, by TV, uh, print, and, and a bit of radio. But now what we're seeing now is social media has basically completely taken over. Absolutely. And it's created many more opportunities. Um, and uh, it, it also starts the discussion um, with individuals. And it gives you instant feedback. So it's a great tool to, for a viral campaign like this to very quickly get itself um, uh, build awareness and, and acceptance. So that's the first thing is social media. Social media has transformed the media landscape um, mm. for better or, or worse, depending on how you look at it. The other thing as well that's been critical is shopping online. I work in retail at the moment, and if you look at retail, um, sh- shopping online has completely transcended how people, how people purchase and, and shopping behavior, and to the effect that now it's affected the, the high street and, and the retailers in the high street. So those, I think, those are the two biggest things. And how it's affecting me is, is some things I'm also working on because, of course, my T-shirt is just um, it's, it's a communication vehicle, but we need to monetize it, we need to commercialize it. Mm-hmm. So we're creating an, an e-commerce website because that's how young people in particular want to buy. They want to buy off, off a website, an, um, an e-commerce site. So we're embracing that aspect as well. And to popularize this campaign, young people in particular, it's always about social media. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things that... We've seen the trends in the last 10, 15 years, which we're embracing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to drive this campaign. Fantastic. Yeah. And so what mediums are you using? Are you using so Instagram? Is that one of the yes. things? Yes. Yes. Basically, it's Instagram, mm-hmm. um, Facebook, and Twitter. Are you yeah. using LinkedIn at the moment? Uh, not not on, for, for this particular campaign, but on a personal level and a professional mm-hmm. level, yes, mm-hmm. I do. But I've seen it. I've gone onto my site, and I've seen that because of I've sent this, this um, campaign out to various... Uh, opinion leaders, they go onto my site to see if on LinkedIn, if, yeah, on LinkedIn to see yes. if the person with the idea <laughs> and the background actually match, or whether yes. it's yeah. yeah so it's, I, it's a good one. I think there's a lot of great stuff happening on LinkedIn, yes. and it's another Definitely. way yes. um, to get the brand out there yes. and and get people in the know to yes. back it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So definitely. Mm. Yes. What have been some of the key wins and challenges you're facing? Obviously, you've touched on some of the challenges, but um, when I mention challenges, it's more so getting those opinion leaders, I yes. think, being receptive to, to the yes. idea. And also, what have been some of the success stories? What, what, mm. are some, what have been the wins so far in mm. this nascent journey? Yes, as you recall, this is only our second month. <laughs> I know, I know. Thanks to, thanks to Woolwich Library and the, and the whole business a startup um, initiative. Um, that's actually what kicked us off, started us this, this campaign. Mm-hmm. But in terms of key wins, the first key win is being able to to create a brand mm-hmm. and to trademark it. That's Absolutely. a major, major mm-hmm. achievement, uh, being able to do that. 
The second thing was obviously the date when we launched it. Yes, it was a, it was a, it, it was within a community that uh, I th- felt was one of the target audiences that was important to us, the ethnic, um, ethnobrit community. Mm-hmm. In the sense, that if you look at Woolwich, sixty percent of Woolwich is non-English. Yes, mm-hmm. so that was an opportunity to touch that particular aspect of the campaign. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also started discussions on both at national and local level. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at, for example, uh, the Greenwich Borough is, is pitching to become the London culture. Borough of 2021. And so is Lucian, may I say. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> I, we find out in February who actually won, who yeah. actually wins. And of course, on a national level, as you know, the Prime Minister's office has been talking about a campaign to try and um, bring Britain together. Yes. So those are some of the key wins. This discussion groups have been, have been, have been having and, go, and mm-hmm. ongoing. In terms of the challenges, as you said, is is, is at first identifying the opinion leaders within these groups that we're talking about, these communities. Mm-hmm. Because people, I've still seen, there's a lot of reticence about wearing a T-shirt or coming out and saying, I'm, I don't know, Ghanaian Brit or, or, or drunk Brit or whatever it may be. Because <laughs> it might be great in a social setting, but they're mm. not too sure how it transcends on okay. the professional side, you see. Okay. When it gets out of that nice, safe sure. environment of, of, of the social setting. But I think the, the critical thing is, is there are so many communities that you can identify. They just pick on one each time and, 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 and run with it. Mm. Eventually, this campaign will become um, word of mouth. Yeah, and I can see that there's a lot of networking yes. involved yes. in yes. that. Yes. yes, I'm passionate about networking. I feel like, particularly for any business you know, individual, whether they be established or just starting out, yeah. you need to network. You need to know your industry well, the key players in your industry, Mm. They will give you the fresh information off the ground, those connections, those introductions. It's, I think it's invaluable. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. The key stakeholders, knowing who in, you know, in your yep. borough to speak yep. to. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, mm. the, the leaders, not just politically, but yeah. community leaders. Mm. Who do people in the community listen to? Who yes. do they look up to? Who will they follow? And as soon as you have that person on your side, it's kind of almost a guaranteed win mm-hmm. so there I, I don't know how you've been going about doing that but yes i mean very much so but what i've seen is that reception has been generally very 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 positive people are interested in the campaign because they think it's topical yes. it's something that um actually a lot of people are saying well, how come no one thought about it before that's the interesting thing about mm. it but it's topical uh, it's what the country needs um and because you can break it down to different different um, constituents people can quickly grasp um, what, how they can participate. But like everything else, someone has to be the pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've set myself out to be the pioneer, to be the change agent. And once mm-hmm. I get going, I, I bring people on board, they will become the ambassadors mm-hmm. of the campaign. And why was this so important to you? Why, why did you feel like you had to be the pioneer? Well, it's, it's not so much, it's two reasons actually. The, the, part of the reasons I... I this, this campaign came out of the fact that I had a successful campaign out of Africa as well. Mm-hmm. I've identified that as human beings, we're all uh, looking for a sense of belonging, a sense of mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. especially in the busy lives and the busy worlds that we live in today. People are feeling uh, rootless. People are feeling that, that they're alone. So this is a campaign to help communities of interest groups come together. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. It was a success. came came out of a campaign that ran in Africa. I thought I could replicate here. But on a personal level, I... I was a little, I've been a little frustrated because I've seen that there are a lot of people who are British from different walks of life who are doing incredible things, 
but they're not being recognized or people don't know where to find them or, or, or um, they don't have a voice. Mm. So that this whole campaign was to create a voice, an identity for people to, from wherever they may be, wherever they may be doing, all over across the country, to come on board and, and jump on the bandwagon of this campaign. So that's kind of the, the rationale behind it, is that it's a campaign for everyone. I started because I was frustrated. I've been trying different things with my life. And I realized that, you know what, especially from a, um, a, an ethnic background, we're underrepresented. We don't get a voice. People don't know about the great things that non, non-white English, mm. non-white British people are doing. Mm. So that was the reason. Mm. One of the reasons why we started this, this whole podcast, mm. essentially. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thinking about um, One Brit, Many Brits, it kind of reminds, well, it's not similar, but I'm kind of getting the image of, you know, the brand Carry On, kind of like, yeah. it's, it's like a, it's like a yes. British brand, yes. mm. Carry On and something yeah. else, like right. Carry On, and it's very, um, you see it everywhere, mm. so I, I can kind of see one Britain, many Brits being the, all, not, not, not necessarily the alternative to that, but the more Catch inclusive. Mm. Catch-all phrase. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's essentially the case, because as I said, we're all one nationality, we're all British. Mm. in one way or another mm-hmm. but we, we still want to I, retain our individual uh, identity mm-hmm. as a Brit mm-hmm. be it ethnic be it lifestyle be it personality so it's, it's, a, it's a combination of saying we're the, we are the sum of all the individual parts mm. and as a result we become the greater Britain mm. fantastic mm. so if let's say five ten years down the line yes this campaign takes off as I, as I think it will, what would you have wanted it to achieve? I think three things. Firstly, I'd like to establish the brand Brit so that people can proudly, at the moment, I, in, I sense in having discussion with a lot of my friends, they're almost ashamed and embarrassed about saying I'm Brit yeah. because of the debacle of the whole Brexit process and the referendum, how it was handled. Mm. Um, the self-esteem and confidence about being British, in particular when you're abroad, um, it's not as strong as it used to be prior mm-hmm. to this. Mm. So establishing the brand Brit, um, and then secondly, um, identifying or letting people express what being Brit means to them. Mm. Um, and I'd like to, to, to broaden the narrative from beyond just being political mm. to being Brit in any sense that you want it to be. Mm. And then I'd like to break the third leg, to break the campaign down into both uh, multiple levels. I'd like it on, on a local level, a regional level and national level. So, for example, the local level, we live in Woolwich. So, it's the camp communities we build. I'm building around around Brits in Woolwich. On the regional level, you go wider. So, um, in Manchester, I, w- I want to be talking to the Mancunian Brits. Of course. What does being a Mancunian mean to mm, you, or mm. or the Geordie Brits, or the, or the Scouser Brits, yes. or the or the or the uh, Scottish. Scottish Brits, the Cumcumerit, I can't say it in Welsh, but you know, the Welsh Brits. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the national level is is really about now we all come together as Britain, let's reinvent ourselves as Britain. Mm. You know, almost saying going to what the, the current Prime Minister is saying is and in line with what the President of America has been saying is make Britain great again. Mm-hmm. And we've got the ideal opportunity because we're getting a clean slate, we're leaving Europe. Mm-hmm. So what does being Britain mean? So it's like what does a- British mean? It's like a baptism for the yes. whole country yeah. to, to, to be mm. reborn mm-hmm. and to have that unity. Yes. 
and to be proud mm-hmm. and for us to be able to write the history and yeah, narrate definitely. it like you said mm. so I think it's a it's a real opportunity yeah. to see some change but it's a very big campaign see, as you can see it's it's greater than one individual mm. and um, that's why it's very important to try and get as many different constituents and stakeholders on board and mm. let them see how they can participate in this campaign let them drive it so yeah. you see the idea to them uh-huh. at these different levels or these different communities and say okay we're giving you the voice own it. Run with it and own it. Our listeners are the people that yes. form these communities. Yes. What would you want to ask them now that you've got the opportunity? How, how can they engage in the campaign? Well, I think it's in, we started the debate about um, what being British means. And the question I'd like to ask the listeners, let them go away and think about what type of Brit they are. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the tagline we have in the campaign. Mm, a so hashtag. We, yeah, we've, we've, got the, we've got the vision and the mission. Uh, but now the actual the actual actualization of the campaign is letting people ask themselves, what type of Brit are you? Mm-hmm. So that's what we'd like to ask the listeners. Um, if they can identify what type of Brit they are, if they can form communities, let's get discussion groups going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. let's bring all these different communities together into, 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 into a wider discussion and a, and, a, and, a, and a wider narrative as we go along. So it's just about what does being Brit mean to you? It's not what it used to be in the definition of 20, 30 years ago. No. It's our chance now to redefine what it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what's next? What are you working on at the moment? Obviously, you're, as you say, about two months in, so still still a baby. What's next for you? And in particular, how do you aim to monetize the, the campaign? Is it something you want to monetize? Is it more a passion project? Can you touch on that a little bit? I mean, at the end of the day, everything you do has to, has to have some financial return, especially, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> if you're going to get the key, the key, um, um, the backing of the key financial and shareholders and stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So I think the important thing is, is firstly to, to capture people's imagination. And yeah. that's what the campaign's about. Uh, we're using a T-shirt as the vehicle to try and build, um, to get some awareness and to get participation in the campaign. In terms of monetization, um, we're going to have an e-commerce web, web, uh, website which we're currently building and the e-commerce website will give people the opportunity to purchase um, Customized messages of whatever type of Brit that we've been talking about, whatever community you've come from, you, you, you come from, and as a result of that, the money we're going to use, we're going to we're going to give a portion of the money back to the local communities, so they can drive um, and embed these campaigns even further. Is that, is that almost kind of like a social enterprise, or a... I, th- I think it's going, to, it's going to have an element of both. Mm-hmm. I mean. Eventually, the whole idea is to get local and national government financial support okay. to truly drive this to the level where it needs mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. So we're just like seeding the, the, the campaign, mm-hmm. but to get it to that next level and to get national embrace, the government, local and, and national government will have to come in. I, I, I can actually see local or kind of wider government investing in this because mm-hmm. it's about the art of patriotism mm-hmm. that I kind of feel that a lot of young people don't have Mm. so I think this would be something that could create that new identity Mm. create the the patriotism just like they have over in America where people are very like you were saying very proud to be American and Labour Day and but here there's not that much of a of a culture of oh it's our Labour Day or it's our Founders Day no there isn't so if if the government wanted people to feel like a community, wanted people to be more patriotic, and now that we are leaving the EU, mm. to have this Brit 
identity, mm-hmm. these are the types of initiatives that they need to kind mm. of look into. I agree. And particularly when it's so empowering, because we're defining what it means to be British. Mm. You know, communities are. And that's, that's, that's really empowering because I think the key thing that a lot of government agencies are keen on is that sort of participatory yeah. sort of um, involvement. It's not us telling you yeah. what to do or yeah. defining certain things. We want to work together with you on this. You, you tell mm. us, mm. you know, you, you tell us what you want. So and I think that's really, really special. And it's highly innovative because a lot of the um, sort of black entrepreneurs or people that I've seen that are from an ethnic background a lot of the things that they do campaign for are problems that we're having in our own community. Mm-hmm. And so f- to see you from your background actually campaigning for something that is, you know, incredibly more positive mm. and inclusive, and inclusive it's a different way mm-hmm. of solving our problems. Mm. problems. No, yeah. I agree. no, you're right. But I've, I've always lived my life thinking out of the box. Um, and as I said, I think it's it's important to... Our community also to, we need to also break down the stereotypes that we have. Of what, mm-hmm. what you know, ethnic minorities always traditionally set up in doing business, and that's the whole point of this campaign. Because just imagine the headline: you've got a middle-aged African Brit helping Britain redefine what being Brit's <laughs> all about. I mean, that's that's talkability there. It is it's, ironic, it is, isn't yeah, it? it is. yeah. So I think, but as I said, I'm, I'm acting as a change agent. I'd like to mm-hmm. make this inclusive with other people to come on board. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's important that we need to break the stereotypes, and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why we're probably as a community not making as much progress as we are, are we should be making, or we are, but we're not recognised because mm. we still live within the stereotypes that people yes. think we should always be having. Mm. Absolutely. Now, just touching on you, Moses, um, from a personal perspective, mm. I know that, of course, um, you have a job, you're also a parent, you're a school governor, you do so many different things. How do you juggle um, your entrepreneurial sort of pursuits with this campaign, with being all those different things? And I ask this question because I think entrepreneurs have, um, they've got competing lives, haven't they? They've got the family, or they've got the friends, they've got the business, they might have a full-time job as well, they might volunteer. How, how, do, you, how do you juggle all of this? I think I'm a relatively unique person. I think the important thing for me is obviously about effective time management. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have some time for your projects, some time for yourself, mm-hmm. some time for family, mm-hmm. some time for, for you, portion, you portion your time into a bit of everything. But I think what's important is at any one time, they all can't be happening at the same time. Mm. So you, re- you leverage one, the success of one to pick up another. So for example, mm. my children are always central yes. to my life. So my life revolves around the children first. Mm-hmm. and Because I'm also a single father, by the way. So wow. um, that, that helps me crystallize my thoughts and, and make effective use of my time but as an entrepreneur to your point i think it's important to recognize you can't do everything yourself and to mm. lean on the networks that you have mm-hmm. so uh, loretta as you know i lean on you quite a lot because <laughs> i believe um Shh, my government name <laughs> it's a war oh yeah, sorry yes I should. my government name <laughs> yes so i i think it's really it's really about co- competing activities but i think it's important that um you're very clear. I'm very clear about what I need to do when. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of drive, energy, and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I defy a lot of stereotypes and I defy a lot of, a lot of uh, what you people do. expect. Yeah. You so. do. Is that, do you find that quite exhausting? Because I, you know, I think we've touched on this previously. Like, you are a middle-aged African 
man who's obviously very well educated and well travelled, but nobody will know that unless they speak to you. Yeah. So they're judging off appearance mm. do you find you have to go above and beyond when you're speaking to particularly the the stakeholders those people that have the influence to make things happen in order to be taken seriously it's very much the point and that's what i find the frustrating part mm. is that you often as you know in life you, you're judged in first appearance yes mm. and it's until they dig deeper they actually realize more substance to you mm-hmm. but often you don't get that chance you see, to, to go that stage further. This is why this campaign, I decided to come up with a campaign that is so, so different mm. that just in the face of the campaign, I will get a knock on the door. Someone will open mm. the door and say, okay, you know, we need to see this person. Who's the person behind this campaign? Yes. But it is frustrating because you need to have a lot of resilience, a lot of perseverance, mm-hmm. um, and um, a lot of self-belief. Mm. But it is, it, is, it is a challenge. And I find it in this country because in the United Kingdom, as I said, Unfortunately, a lot of our, our, our um, people from our ethnic background, even when you are successful, we don't necessarily we don't necessarily tell the whole world about. It. Maybe it's part of British culture. I'm not sure. Mm. I, I'm in two minds. I thought part of it is because I think British people are quite reserved, and British. we don't like screaming about yeah. our accomplishments, mm. how much money we've made, how hard we work, how we don't sleep, how it's just that secure mm. in the bad culture. But then on the other hand. It makes me feel like particularly when black or other ethnic minority um, individuals are doing very well, I almost feel they disassociate from the community. Mm. They're not front and centre saying things like, not that they should be, Mm. but as we look today in America, for example, I think a lot of people look at certain famous black celebrities to be a mouthpiece for an issue. Or because they've got the platform yeah. but I find in, in, in the UK A, you don't know who they are and B, they'd rather just live quite low key and um, you know, might volunteer here and there but they're not front and centre saying things like we need a change in terms of the way we define Brit or we need this and we need that, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think it's a bit different and maybe because the pa- they're scared that the powers might be, might yeah. see them as being too political a bit dangerous or too forward too forward yeah you should be quiet but that's the point I'm saying is I think you should have hopefully this campaign will identify these people and let them be the change agents mm. and, the, and, the, and the role models for other people because that's precisely what's holding our community behind yes is that because there are many successful people and I meet them all the time but they don't want to be identified mm. and I think that's wow. rather sad it is quite sad because you know you work so hard to achieve and you don't want people to know. You don't want to, you know, you don't part, pass that success onto other people. Mm. Which I think is what part of how all communities in this world, ethnic communities, have gone ahead. They've helped mm. each other, mm. pulled each other up. Yes. Mm. I think we should do the same. I, 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 I think agree. there's an aspect of putting yourself on display mm. that some people might not feel entirely comfortable with mm. um, or share, sharing their success and feeling as if, um, you know, why should I have to... I think I think it's quite different for speak from a black woman's perspective. It can be exhausting when you have your own business and you're kind of doing your day to day grind, but then also you have to remember to represent the mm. underrepresented people that you mm. come from. Mm. So even though it's something that's very important to me, it can almost be a dual burden. Whereas I feel maybe correct me if I'm wrong, a, a, a white woman in the same position as me doesn't have to stand up for her white mm. community mm. Mm. so it's almost kind of being in that 
it's a lot of responsibility. Mm. It's a lot of responsibility and you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to kind of take on that role as a as a change maker mm. because you just you think you're ostracized yeah and also for me i'm i'm just doing what i love to do mm. and that happens to affect mm. um, people's lives but it's I'm, interesting. Just, I'm just doing what i love to do why and should you be the the person that's holding front the center front and center yes yeah interesting but you know so, uh, to your point but i think it's the mavericks who change the world yes you know there's always and the interesting thing is always you tend to find that many people are having the same thought, but no one has the has the um, the courage to start or to yes. do it. But once someone starts, everyone joins, joins the bandwagon. I um, agree. So I think I think 100%. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that I look at Britain. I came to this country for 40, 50 years ago, and I look and I say we haven't made as much progress as we should have done. Mm. Mm. And it's interesting what you say because I think that's what separates people. Just just going back to like a business level people that have an idea that want to be in business but never start yes and the people that have the idea and just go with it and mm, run absolutely I think there can be a tendency sometimes to feel like I don't want to start my business until all my eggs are in a row yes and it's that kind of maverick behavior that you're talking about just name it one Britain many Brits and run mm. yes and be flexible and deal with and what adaptable. comes. And adaptable. Because no one is going to come to you and say, oh, I really like your idea. I think you should. It's you going up Absolutely. to people mm. and selling your idea. And I think sometimes people think that to start a business, you need to have a very innovative, great yeah. idea. It could be so. something very simple. Mm-hmm. All yeah. you have to do is just push it. Yeah. it's a very good point, actually. And that's the perseverance and resilience. Mm. However, sometimes that perseverance and resilience can be hard mm. if you're already penalised for your background, yes. for your gender, mm-hmm. for your sexuality or, you know, mm. your neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's incredibly challenging. So that's why we always say that when we see underrepresented entrepreneurs making it big, we have to speak to them. We have to. And that's why we have this podcast. Absolutely. Because it's about people brilliant like idea. that. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Francis, can you tell our listeners how they can find out a bit more about uh, the campaign? What's your socials? Um, is there email that people can contact you on if they want to get involved? Leave us with something tangible so we can get people front and centre, hopefully, okay. taking part. Yes, we're set up on all the different socials. I think the key ones, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The, the name, or the hashtag, is Greater Brits. Mm-hmm. So, That's the sort of at Greater Brits. Yeah, at Greater Brits. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got a, a number you can call me and have discussions around uh, any, at any particular time. But mainly the socials are the way you can contact. It's a, it's a campaign in, in, its, in its early stages. Um, we're still finalising elements of the website. So that will come on board in the next uh, couple of weeks. But the important thing is we're looking for people to contribute. Mm-hmm. Stories. Uh, looking for, for for opinions all around what being a Brit means to them. What type of Brit are you? So that's what we encourage people to come on board, mm-hmm. send their stories, send their opinions, and let's have a discussion ongoing and iterative in many different ways around what being Brit, a new Brit is all about. Fantastic. Um, listeners, please do engage in the conversation also on our socials as well which is at Founder Hustle. You can also email us if you want an introduction um, to, to Moses on podcasthustle at gmail.com. And we look forward uh, to speaking to you in our next episode. Mm-hmm.